The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and speaking of things that are regular, uh, racing's getting back to regular. I'm so happy to see, and I'm sure you are. Welcome to the show, everybody. We've got stakes races galore from coast to coast. We're bringing in horse tourneys Eric Wing to cover the races at Belmont Park. And our man from Vegas that reopened today, Rich Ng, is going to handicap the races from Santa Anita. Uh, out at Santa Anita, we got the Santa Anita Oaks Swiss Skydiver shipping in from Kenny McPeak's base in Kentucky. Uh, right now is the Oaks points leader. Uh, it's a, it's a short field, uh, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, it's a, a solid one for sure. Also the run happy Santa Anita Derby will be contested and, uh, all eyes will be on authentic who has uh, some new partners involved there, Spendthrift Farm. And then also the legendary Hollywood Gold Cup will be contested out at Santa Anita. That one's pretty wide open. So uh, those are our races from the West Coast. East Coast, a little bit busier. We're going to have to put Eric to the test with the uh, Grade 2 Fort Marcy on the turf, the Westchester, mile on the 16th. Also on the grass is the Intercontinental. And then none other than the Run happy, Carter Handicap. That baby is wide open, too. So that's what's coming up. Don't go away. But with all this race action coming back to us, the tracks in Ohio are open. They're opening all over. You're going to want to use those easy win forms because you're trying to catch up with these horses that are shipping in from everywhere. A lot of full fields. Always happy to see that. Of course, uh, Santa Anita up and running, and it was about five days ago. We nailed a $1 Super 5 that paid 3046 Hold on. <laughs> Glad they got those sneeze buttons. And uh, also at Santa Anita, $1 Super 5. Uh, this was just uh, four days ago, and it was... Uh, 3,129, uh, the most recent hit three days ago, Tampa Bay Downs, uh, $1 super high, five paid 5,978. Those are the easy win forms, and they're easy to get at winningponies.com. Well, here's a headline nobody expected, and it's really pretty sad. Champion Arrogate died only seven years old they're still trying to determine uh, the cause of, of illness but uh you know his babies will just be coming around uh, i think he's only got three crops i uh, just want that this was right at the end of his third uh, breeding season and uh, just towards the end, his breeding season had been suspended in the last week of May, which is usually pretty much the last week of breeding anyhow. Uh, he started out with a sore neck, and then he fell to the ground in his stall, and they 
tried everything they could to get him back up. And so they finally got him to Hagard Equid Medical Center. And uh, they eliminated all the obvious causes. But once again, he was unable to stand after four exhausting days. And then, of course, as happens a lot in these situations, secondary health issues began to set in and they had to euthanize him. Uh, Arrogate, man, what a horse he was on the track. But when he started out, uh, $50,000 was his stud fee. Remember this, he was the richest horse in North American racing history with earnings over $17 million. Uh, he was out of the multiple stakes winning distorted humor mare bubbler and arrogate himself uh, went for $560,000 as a yearling at Keeneland. Now uh, they took his time. He didn't debut until his three-year-old year, but man, he took command of his division. He earned the 2016 champion three-year-old title after scoring five consecutive wins that culminated in victories in the my favorite race, the Traverse Stakes, which he won by, check it out, 13 and a half lengths while breaking the 36-year-old track record for a mile and a quarter. Then he won the Breeders' Cup Classic, where he beat Horse of the Year, California Chrome. Came back as a four-year-old and won quickly the inaugural $12 million Pegasus World Cup Invitational in track record time and followed that with, do you remember this race? It's hard to believe. Last to first in the $10 million Dubai World Cup. He retired with a seven wins, a second and a third from 11 starts. Wow. What a runner. So sad that we lost him so soon, but we'll get to see three crops of his babies, see if they can't carry on the tradition. We lost another one, but at a much more ripe age. Remember, pleasantly perfect. Well, he died in Turkey at the age of 22. Uh, he won the 2003 Breeders' Cup Classic and the 2004 Emirates Airline Dubai World Cup. And uh, he just died yesterday uh, following a brief illness but he was 22 years old but he was still covering horses from what I understand from the uh, Turkish national stud uh, he, uh, he he started out uh, uh, pretty high and then uh, you know if you don't hit home runs right away in uh, in Kentucky uh, your stud fee goes goes down and it did and um, he was raced by Gerald Ford, and he was part of a dispersal from Edwin Evans' uh, sale. And uh, so after earning $7.7 million, uh, he ended up going through the sale ring, selling for 32000 to the Turkish Connections, where he has uh, sired quite a few stakes winners in the few years uh, he was over there. But he was no longer commercially appealing in the American market, so at least he got to continue his reputation over in Turkey. All right, for those of you heading to upstate New York, tap the brakes. Naira's uh, making plans to race at Saratoga without fans. Now, if you read this carefully, there's uh, they're going to keep watching and see what happens, and they could possibly open it up to a limited amount of fans. I don't know what that means. I don't mean if that's owners, uh, the press corps, or who it is. And they do not know yet whether or not they'll have permission. But uh, 
you know, late July, early August is a way off and we're going to see, you know, what the temperature of, of the country is at that time. And uh, so many different things was happened during the, the whole period, uh, you know, Keeneland shut down. And uh, now they're going to have a five-day summer meet at Keeneland, July 8th through 12th, with 10 graded stakes. Wow. And then, of course, we already know that Churchill Down shifted uh, their meet from, uh, uh, from starting in May to September uh, with the Oaks being on the first and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the fourth and the Derby on the fifth. So uh, what's going to happen is as a result that they're going to try to decide where they're going to place the run happy Traverse stakes. Usually that's run late in August, the 29th this year, they thought. And uh, so because of the date of the Derby in the Alabama, they're, I guess, working with Churchill Downs is good to hear, and they're going to move it back. So most likely, if the Traverse is moved, it might go to August 8th, which would be three weeks after the Haskell and four weeks before the Derby, which would be great. And uh, when I hinted Authentic was going to have a new partner, Spendthrift Farm bought a majority interest in Authentic. So it'll be interesting to see whose silks he's wearing when he races at Santa Anita uh, this weekend. Also want to report that a real good guy in the sport, Doug McCoy, who covered Tampa Bay Downs and Delaware Park for the Blood Horse, uh, passed away. Um, he, he died of uh, lung cancer, and Doug didn't even smoke. But talk to anybody in the industry, and they'll tell you he was a great guy. Uh, Louis Quinotas, I reported that uh, he won the George Wolf Award uh, several weeks ago. Sad to say, he uh, he, he uh, broke his pelvis. I talked to his agent, Billy Johnson, today, and uh, he had surgery today on the broken pelvis and a fractured hip. No idea when he might come back. He's a class act. But I'll tell you who else was a class act. Jordana Tunan, who was the other jockey that went down. Um, Quinones's horse was flailing his legs away. And Tunan went over and grabbed the horse by the halter and moved him away from Quinones, uh, probably saving him from a lot of other uh, injury. So that was great. And we'll, we'll be sending our prayers out for him. Uh, also on Saturday, if you're watching the Santa Anita card, Cezanne, a three-year-old Colt who sold last year for 3.65 million, the highest since the green monkey went for 16. Uh, he'll be making his debut for who else? Bob Baffert. All right. Quick look at the races we looked at last week, my buddy, Joe Christofik, and we went to Churchill Downs, great finish in the old Forrester Mint Julep Cup and eventually uh, getting it with secret message. La Signier was second and right there in the three horse photo was the horse Joe liked at 20 to one Zofel and Irish bread. Also at Churchill Downs, the grade three winning colors was contested. Six furlong dash. It was Bell's the one upset time. Rated and just blew by the pace setters. Bell's the one, 13 to one for my buddy Neil Pesson. Got the job done over break even, who tried to steal the thing, but man, those fractions were fast. And uh, in the third spot was the highly regarded Mia 
mischief. And uh, did want to mention race out at Santa Anita, and it was the Santa Maria. The winner in there, another upset, 10-1, to wire-to-wire, fighting mad, 22-20. Uh, hard not to love, one of the big favorites bobbled at the start. And CC, who was the favorite, just didn't have a late bid, was actually odds-on in that race. All right, that's a look at the big races we covered last week and the races uh, and news about races on the national basis. And now we're going to go out to the town that they reopened today, Sin City, Las Vegas. Going to talk to our friend Rich Ng. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, one of our most popular guests, uh, none other than Rich Ng, who is located out there in Las Vegas. Rich, I was watching the national news tonight, and they, they were showing the casinos. Uh, the guys were going around and moving chairs so they're spread apart. They were spraying everything down, disinfecting. So the doors are open to uh, some of the casinos, not all of them, right? That is true, John, and uh, welcome to be. I'm happy to be back on with you. And the casinos last night, some of them opened literally at 12:01, and there were people that were <laughs> lined up waiting to get into these casinos at 12:01. Wow. Some of them opened up at six, some at eight, some at ten, and there's still uh, a handful that have not opened up. About two thirds of the casinos in Vegas are are now open for business. I've got to guess you can get some pretty good deals on hotels and stuff right now because. Uh... You know, I'm sure there's some empty rooms out there because people just aren't used to going. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, probably if uh, people, you know, do their research on the Internet, they can probably find excellent deals. 
the opening of the casinos is basically uh, a simple question of supply and demand. The uh, two-thirds of the casinos, most of them are in the, the Vegas Valley and the suburbs, uh, and uh, the ones, the preponderance of the casinos that did not open are on the Strip because uh, there's still a question mark how many people from out of state are going to be you know, willing to rush to Las Vegas, fly airplanes and stuff like that. Disposable right. income, you know, there's 40 million people unemployed. So there's a lot of issues in play there. So, uh, for example, Caesars Entertainment, the old Harris company, they only opened uh, two casinos, the Open Caesars Palace and Flamingo. And uh, MGM Resorts, the other big behemoth company, casino company, they opened up three. They opened up New York, New York. They opened up the Bellagio and they opened up MGM Grand. And so the others are idling to see if uh, the demand uh, uh, picks up. Two independents that opened on the Strip with Treasure Island and win Las Vegas. But uh, the, the locals' properties are, are humming away. Well, well, Rich, you know, I, I'm not much of a tables guy that much and certainly not a slots guy. But I love going out to the, the race books out there and just spending an afternoon mm-hmm. and having a few adult beverages, a little something to eat. I, I take it the, the race books were open for the horse betting public, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of the race book directors over the last uh, week to 10 days as we were getting ramped up for t- today's reopening. And uh, I was just asking a lot of them, you know, what, what kind of health and safety protocols they put in place. Uh, all these companies had to supply a report to the Gaming Control Board as far as what they were going to do. And then they were approved uh, as far as their you know, protocols. And so, um, you know, a lot of them, uh, for example, the capacity seating, 50 percent, it's every other chair. And then uh, as far as the ticket writers, there's a, a lot of places put up plastic, kind of like what you see in a bank. Where, right. Uh, you know, it, 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 so you don't talk directly mouth to mouth or face to face with a ticket writer. You've got some uh, plexiglass in between. All the employees uh, for the casinos are going to be wearing face masks. Some of them have the options to wear gloves. But the, the thing with the customers, John, is uh, the customers, I have been told, part of the protocol was that all these casino companies had to make up and print up uh, face masks and make them available to customers as they came in. However, it was optional only if they actually wanted to wear them. Uh, well, yeah, one of the one of the casino managers that was being interviewed on the news says they've got guys uh, at every entrance and of course, they've got great electronic communication, and they count every single person that comes in and every single person that goes out to make sure that they maintain a very even keel on the population that's in the casino at any one time. Yeah, no doubt about that. For example, as I said about the race book and sports book, it's every other chair uh, in the uh, poker rooms. Uh, there's like four. I think it's only like four players instead of eight at the table games, like blackjack and. Uh, roulette, it's uh, maybe three or four allowed, so there's spacing between each of the players. Well, for a guy that's in the business like you, is it pretty exciting to see uh, horses breaking from the gate at Santa Anita again? Oh, I I loved it. Even though uh, we could not bet on it until today, uh, I was watching with great interest the last couple of weeks. Uh, It's great to see Churchill open and Santa Anita reopen and Bowling Gate and uh, Belmont Park today, uh, actually yesterday. But, uh, you know, the one thing that really struck me, John, you and I, you know, obviously, we love, we've loved the game for, for our entire lives. When I watched the turf racing and the grass 
looked like it was painted a rich green because all these courses have been sitting fallow for weeks and weeks and weeks. They were in perfect condition, so the turf racing was, was so exciting to watch. They're, they're, they run magnificent courses uh, at all these tracks. Yeah, and as you pointed out, with all those horses that are kind of sitting on the sidelines, they're they're kicking down the stall to get in. So trainers are doing things they wouldn't normally do. Uh, grade one winner Garana was entered an allowance race today at Churchill. Of course, uh, went on to win, uh, splashed home, and paid paid all of two dollars and eighty cents. But nonetheless, I've seen a lot of you know allowance races or non graded races with uh, graded stakes winners in them. That's it's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm just so glad that they're they're getting out to do what they were born to do, and and the trainers got to get races in them because you know there will be the graded races coming down the road. We're going to talk about a couple of them here in a minute. Oh, absolutely! I saw that race with Garana, and she was uh, really professional in her victory. She wanted very short odds, but I tell you what, did, did you your folks see the uh, the three year old run at Belmont today? Uh, and tap it to win for Mark Cassie. Holy moly, that horse ran a, a hole in the wind. Probably ran fast enough as far as speed figures, John, to, to win like a grade one stakes. That, that horse was just phenomenal this afternoon. Well, yeah. And like I said, they're kicking down the stall to, to get out there and run. You you, you can't you can't uh, just flip a switch and say, hey, I'll come back and start uh, uh, training you in, uh, you know, uh, May or June, you know, that they've been keeping them conditioned all the way along and dying to get them in a race. Well, um, mm-hmm. Sa- Santa Anita going to be a great Saturday and uh, starting out with a, a sad to say a small field in the Santa Anita Oaks, 200,000, a grade two. But I think the last time I looked at the leaderboard for the Kentucky Oaks, it was a horse trained by a gentleman I know we both know, Kenny McPeak with mm-hmm. Swiss Skydiver. Uh, installed the slight favorite over speech, if I'm right. Yes, uh, Scott Swiss Skydiver was uh, an upset winner of the uh, fantasy, uh, uh, sixteen to one. Uh, Kenny McPeak is uh, one of those great long shot trainers. Heck, he's won a Belmont or two at like forty or fifty to one odds. Uh, Sarava, I think, was one of his. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, somebody you always gotta you always gotta consider in these stakes races because uh, he comes loaded. He comes with a loaded gun. He doesn't come with an empty uh, wheelbarrow. So, uh, but for him to come out, I, I tell you what, even though it's only four horses, uh, an early scratch was the four, uh, smiling Shirley, but, uh, two of them, I mean, are, are just absolute Amazons. Also the, the three species that you mentioned and uh, the two, uh, Meredith, and yeah. the, if I was, uh, going to have to be forced to make a selection and, and, uh, I would actually take uh, speech as my top choice. Uh, one of the reasons is if you take a look at her daily racing form, past performances, the two of her losses were to some really you know, sensational uh, three-year-olds. Last time out was Gamine and uh, an optional claimer, and uh, she also lost to all bears. So, I mean, she's been in with uh, Donna Veloce. She's been in with really tough company. And uh, so I, I think she's going to try to protect the home turf for uh, Michael McCarthy. So uh, speech would actually be my top choice. And then we saw uh, Marinus. Uh, win uh, uh, an incredible race, a maiden special weight race at Oakland Park, drawing off by 10-plus lanes and now jumping from a maiden special to a grade two. That's an awful big climb, John, but uh, obviously Bob Baver feels that she's got a, a, just a ton of natural ability. Well, uh, I, I'm, 
I don't know what the weather report is out there. It's usually pretty darn good, but boy, that Marineth <laughs> really uh, loved that sloppy track at Oaklawn Park. Mm. And uh, like you said, just took off. Now that was six furlongs. So you're going to go in uh, a mile and a 16th, just missed it a mile by a nose. Horse has been favored every time it's gone to post. And of course, uh, Baffert's uh, switching to his number one guy right now, Drayden Van Dyke. He'll be dangerous, but as you said, don't ever underestimate Kenny McPeak, especially when he's making the trip from uh, Louisville all the way out to Santa Anita. Yeah, he's uh, certainly going to be the favorite. Uh, he, he does have to uh, handle the travel, but uh, it sure looks like this horse can take her racetrack with her. I mean, you look at the tracks that she has raced really well at. It goes Churchill, Tampa, Fairgrounds, Gulfstream, Oakland. She's run well on all of them, so now she's going to try the West Coast. But the, it is a big, it is a big journey to come from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Well, one more note, uh, tooting the horn for Kenny McPeak is he does this a lot. This horse costs thirty-five thousand. He's got a really keen eye because he's running against Marineth, who only sold for six hundred thousand. And uh, the, the speech, who's by somewhat modest Mr. Speaker, he's not proven enough yet, went for 190000 And here Kenny comes in with the bargain basement $35,000 filly and uh, could beat them all. We just don't know. Well, uh, if you're handicapping a card and it doesn't have a race with the name run happy in it, it's not a very good card. <laughs> we got the run happy Santa Anita Derby legendary race, grade one, uh, uh, three-year-olds in here, uh, all but uh, two nominated to the triple crown. And you just got to go to the outside and uh, all eyes are going to be uh, on authentic and you're going to be uh, glaring over at the horse to the inside of that colt uh, honor ap these two are just huge standouts in here i agree with you they do look like two standouts and you know if people get tired of mentioning bob baffard's name when it comes to the kentucky derby and the triple crown well it's for good reasons because he always is loaded and he's got uh, usually multiple horses that are aiming for these uh, triple crown prizes and yeah i know he lost uh, nadal to a to the injury, sorry to see that one go, but he just reloads with a horse like Authentic, uh, undefeated in three starts, and the, most likely the, a very short priced favorite in here, and uh, looks like to be the controlling speed. But uh, there's two horses that I want to talk about in particular, and is Honor AP. Honor AP chased Authentic last time out, and, and quite frankly, uh, didn't have any help as far as trying to soften Authentic up. So I'm sure Mike Smith and John Sheriffs are hoping somebody, anybody, will go out and at least give this horse a, a little bit of attention the first half mile of the race. May or may not happen, but uh, a horse that's a price that I think is real interesting animals, especially if you want to fill out uh, your exactus, trifectus, to me is the number two horse, Rushy. Ah. If you take a look at Rushy's uh, daily racing board PPs, again, you, you like to see what kind of company horses are, uh, or what kind of horses people, uh, they're keeping company with. This horse, uh, uh, in the debut, ran behind a horse called Thousand Words, who at the time was a highly regarded Bob Baffert three-year-old. I, I believe now is on the sidelines. And then you go up a couple of lines. You see Charlatan, who uh, many consider the favorite for the Kentucky Derby right now. And uh, this horse ran a, a distant second. But uh, I like the fact that the next time out, the horse came back and won an ice race with Joel Rosario up. And I'll get Flavion Pratt. But, you know, if you're looking for a price horse, a horse that's uh, – 
developing and certainly still has a high ceiling. I think Rushy might fit the bill at the at six to one odds, actually eight to one odds. Well, on more than one occasion, Rich, on this show, you've given us a nice uh, price horse. So uh, this horse uh, it will will be on my ticket for sure. I just hope the air clears on this whole charlatan lidocaine thing because that's really minor. You know, I mean, that rules is rules, but uh, you know, a, a, a nano bit of lidocaine, which is something <laughs> I take <laughs> when I get a sore neck. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not some yeah. kind of, uh, you know, heavy duty narcotic or uh, anything that could enhance a horse. So who knows, maybe the groom had a sore neck that day and it was still on his hands when he walked the horse over and it got in his system. You never know, but I hope that's behind us. Cause I'd love these. So far, what I've seen from that horse so far is awesome. I do believe he's still undefeated. Uh, like, uh, so many of the Baffert horses again, very sad about, uh, Nadal going to the sidelines. And they say he could come back and a lot of horses do come back from that injury, but I think what he's already proven and what he's probably worth and, you know, uh, stud farms, uh, mm. interested in him. I doubt, I doubt that we'll see him again. Well, uh, another race was Santa Anita with a, a lot of history that had brought with it, uh, when, uh, the dates were moved around from Hollywood Park to Santa Anita is the legendary Hollywood Gold Cup. Now, this one's for uh, three and up. It'll be going the classic distance of a mile and a quarter. And of the uh, three races that we're looking at today, Rich, this one is wide open. And I think uh, I'm interested in uh, listening to your analysis because there's no real standout. I believe higher power is the slight favorite over midcourt and improbable. You know, one thing uh, I want to talk about is the fact that I was absolutely thrilled when they reverted the name back to Hollywood Gold Cup because I guess for a few years they were calling it the Gold Cup at Santa Anita. And uh, to me, that was almost uh, blasphemous. <laughs> I mean, for people who, you know, I've spent time out here in the West Coast and remember Hollywood Park very well, uh, the track of the lakes and flowers, the Hollywood Gold Cup is just a, a really, really prestigious uh, horse race. And uh, to actually bring the name back, I think, is uh, is a great honor, and uh, it's something worth. Uh, it's always a race worth winning. But I, I love seeing the name back uh, given to this race, John. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, as far as pull the pull the blood horse uh, open to the back page, Jay Hovday uh, wrote a nice article concerning the same thing. You know that you know. Come on, we. It may not be run there, but that's the legend of this race. Keep it. You know, if anything, you're being blessed with get the, getting the reputation of a, of a race that has played host to many, many racing greats. I'm glad you brought that up, Reg. Well, bring up the horses you like, because I, I think there's betting opportunities in here, and I'm relying on my friend Rich Ng to point me in the right direction. Well, I, I tell you what, I know there's a horse racing term of a small field, big price, but it, it's hard for me to to find the big price in, in this six pack, uh, the three horses you talked about, I mean, just absolutely dominate on speed figures. And it would just take something unforeseen for one of the other three in my mind to, to upset. But as far as the, the three, uh, my top choice is going to be two mid court. I think an interesting equipment change. I think that will help this horse a lot is the blinkers off. If you take a look at the racing form past performances, this horse has always run with blinkers, but has a tendency to get a little hot, uh, and to want to maybe uh, use a little too much energy early in the race. 
I think I, I wouldn't always guarantee that Victor Espinosa made the suggestion after the last loss uh, that uh, they were disappointed at a three to five, thinking that if this horse can be, you know, taken back or rated or relaxed just a little bit, you know, you don't have to go to the back of the field. You just need to be able to to sit second or third if if you can't get to the front or you know you don't want to set too fast to fractions. I think that gives you this horse a lot more versatility. This horse is six of seven in the money on uh, the Santa Anita track and. If you notice, ever since uh, John Sadler took over the training of this horse, this horse hasn't missed a beat, lost a couple of tough ones, but won some big ones. So that's my top choice is the two midcourt. As far as my second choice, I'm, I'm going to that guy, uh, Bob Baffert, again. Improbable is one of those uh, kind of hard luck horses, but, you know, hopefully he's got this horse in the right direction. This horse ran huge, huge last time out in the uh, Oakland Park Mile. And uh, if people are familiar with how Oakland Park is, this horse started from post 11 out of 11 with that short run of the first turn. Uh, this horse broke uh, well under Graydon Van Dyke and was able to, to work his way over. But still, you, uh, you know, that kind of post position, it, it, you have to kind of force your horse to run just a little bit early. And that's energy you don't have for the, the late part of the race. So uh, with only a six-horse field, post five, I think uh, improbable if he runs back to that Oakland uh, mile is certainly going to be an extremely tough character. And then the third horse, uh, obviously, is the three higher power. Uh, has not run since uh, uh, faring poorly as the favorite in the uh, in the uh, uh, is it the uh, I'm not not Pacific. I forgot what the PW stands for, <laughs> but the Gulfstream Park, uh, uh, the big race, one. Uh, yeah, the big one. But uh, you know, you, you take a look at the uh, the race in the Breeders' Cup Classic. At Santa Anita, this horse ran a very, very good race behind Vino Rosso. So, you know, being on home court, I think this horse should bounce back. Well, my my terrible memory just kicked in. It was the Pegasus World Cup. Anyhow, Rich, I got to go uh, real quick. Uh, if people want to hear more from you or learn more about uh, you know, the, the the races you handicap, where do they go? Yeah, I, I, I do have a sheet that I do every day for Southern California. And it's available at the website, uh, racedaylasvegas.com. It's spelled exactly as it sounds, racedaylasvegas.com. And uh, just uh, click on my picture on the left column. It goes to my homepage, and there's a, a way to subscribe or pay if you want the sheet or a monthly subscription. But I do the Southern California races every single day, John. All right. Thanks a lot, Rich. I got to run. Take care, brother. All right, you too. I hope everybody uh, makes some money this weekend. You got it. All right, that was Rich Ring. Quick break. Coming back with the man that flies through the form, Eric Wing. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, one of my favorite guests, Eric Wing from Horse Tourneys. If you're not getting an email from him every day, you're not signed up because he keeps you up to date on all of the tournament action that's happening. It happens at all kinds of levels. You can go to Horse Tourneys, and believe me, you'll find something for your liking and your pocketbook. Eric, you guys uh, have a little something for everyone. When I'm on, you're kind enough to ask me about our big tournaments. And, like, for example, we have a $25,000 game on Saturday. We also have a free NHC qualifier available to NHC tour members. Uh, the top three get uh, seats to the NHC in 2021. It costs nothing to play. You do have to be an NHC tour member, though, to play. So if you're not a member, go to ntra.com and sign up. But uh, a lot of my friends have really gotten into the head-to-head uh, tournaments that we have, too. And, and those are for people who think, well, shoot, even on my best day, I'm not going to beat 59 others in a 60-person in a tournament, but I sure as heck can beat one other person. And we have a lot of those tournaments as well. You can play them uh, for as little as $3 a pop all the way up to all the way up to $800 a pop. I mean, it's, it, it, there's a tournament for every style and budget manage, uh, imaginable there. So I, I encourage people to check out the site, horsetourneys.com. Just scroll up and down the homepage, and you'll get a quick idea of, of what's on the menu there. there. There is, like you said, something for everybody. And if they're smart, they're going to, uh, you know, register with you and and uh get on your email list because the they're keeping you pretty busy with your blogs but it's nice because you you do a nice follow-up it's not like they have attorney and you never really know what happened you always kind of let people know who did what and how they got to the top spot well well that's the thing john i like i almost equate it to uh you know very few of us were college and professional athletes um, you know, with the media hanging on our every play. But a, a lot of us did play ball in high school, 
and, and the next best thing to having a good day on the field or in the court on the court was to like get the next day's paper and see your name in the paper and yeah. that's kind of the idea behind the blogs you know to give some recognition to the horse players i mean the average guy who shows up at churchill downs or or uh you know the local otb or or i guess in these days you know onto their adw might have a really good day but it's just between uh you and the fly on the wall so to speak that's part of the appeal of tournament play is there's some ego involved. You get to see your name at the top of the leaderboard. And we try to take it one step further by celebrating those who win our, our bigger tournaments and celebrate their triumphs, maybe maybe even occasionally commiserate in some of the tough beats that, that occur along the way. Um, so we're trying to just uh, give a little more recognition, a little more fanfare, if you will, to the the lifeblood of the industry, which is the the horse player. Well, Eric, I gave you a much bigger challenge than I gave Rich Ng in that uh, your your races are much uh, fuller fields and, quite frankly, more evenly placed. Uh, it, it looked like the uh, the local odds maker at Belmont uh, was having a hard time you know, finding any standouts, which is a good thing for us betting men. Uh, and we'll start with uh, uh, the inner turf race, the Fort Marcy, a grade two. Real quick, any weather report over the weekend? Think we'll get in on the grass? I, I do think so, John. We're going to get rain tomorrow. So if any of your listeners are planning to play the Friday Belmont card, I wouldn't be surprised to see those races off to, off the turf between the weather on Friday and the desire to save the turf courses for Saturday. On Saturday, there may be showers, but they will all occur before noontime. I expect the, uh, the stakes day on Saturday to be held uh, without issue and without surface changes. Well, that's good. Well, let's get into the Fort Marcy. We're going a mile and an eighth. And like I said, uh, there is no standout. I, I think the favorite might be uh, uh, seven to two. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, well-regarded, uh, instilled regard. Of course, anything with Chad Brown and Irad Ortiz will be the first or second favorite at just about any track they're at. Um, but there's so many other choices in here. Eric Wing, is anybody kind of, or a couple of them coming to the top for you? Yes, and, and it should be pointed out, Ortiz won five races on opening day Wednesday, had another good day to, today. Chad Brown has four in the race. He has four in the other turf race that we'll be discussing later, the Intercontinental Nothing new there, you know, and with, with a trainer having four in one race, I wouldn't be shocked to see a scratch or two um, come Saturday. Uh, that said, uh, in these races, John, now I admit I have not handicapped the full card. I have just handicapped so far the four races that you and I will be discussing. This card is super based on these four races. It almost has a Belmont Stakes Day feel to it. Um, just in terms of competitiveness, um, big fields, etc. cetera. Uh, there's a horse I really like in this race. He's number two Gucci factor uh, for Christophe Clement, the New York bred in, in an open company grade three or grade two stakes race. Um, I'll, I'll point out a couple of things. First of all, he's five for eight at Belmont, and that's uh, four more Belmont wins than the rest of the field has put together. <laughs> so he's a horse for the course. Uh, the distance may be a question. He's been more of a miler, 
But he's won four of his last five. He he uh, had a major excuse getting absolutely left in the one of those five that he didn't win. And and without belaboring the point, I'll just point out one little thing about Gucci Factor that I love. One thing when you're you're looking at races at this time on the calendar where after a two-month hiatus of racing, you're, you're always wondering, is this horse going to be ready to fire? Or, or are they just going to be giving him one? And Gucci Factor is a seven-year-old whose form I would call gappy in that his, his form cycles only last like one or two races, and then he goes on the bench. What does that tell you? It tells me that they're not going to give him one in this race, that they, they need to make they need to take advantage of every start with a horse like this because he just may not stay sound that long. His races are plenty fast to win this. Um, Chad Brown or four Chad Browns or no four Chad Browns in the field. I think Gucci Factor can maybe even sit a little closer than he usually does. He's fast. I expect him to be fit. I hope the New York bred status throw some people off the scent, but he's who I'll be playing in that race. And, um, uh, you know, he just, he just seems like a, a horse who will be sitting on go, whereas some of these others you may not be as 100% sure of that. Uh, I, I don't have a whole, a whole lot of input into this race, but I, too, uh, look for a bit of a price. And I think this Prive Huvon, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, who's a French bred, uh, into the Chad Barn, uh, Jose Ortiz will ride this one. But, uh, you know, the, the horse wasn't a world beater over in France, but still had plenty of seasoning and came out of these races, winning races against 16 horses and 11 horses. You know, uh, that says something to me. And then all of a sudden he gets into Chad's barn and you've seen this before. And it's like, man, all of a sudden at seven to one, he, he almost upset the field in an optional claim where he was in. I just think it's a horse you might want to keep in the bottom of your ticket. His morning line, I believe is about 12 to one. So, uh, that is the Fort Marcy. And uh, by the way, folks, we're taking this six, seven, eight, nine. So anywhere along the line, you decide to do a uh, pick three or a double jump in. Okay. The Westchester, a mile and a 16th, grade three, 100,000 on the line. There is a horse that kind of goes to the top in here looking at the odds maker, and that would be Code of Honor. Uh, was going good enough to enter in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Its last start uh, failed to fire against Vino Rosso, but before that was in a nice groove. Any horse that wins the Traverse Stakes is okay in my book. Yeah, um, before I forget, John, I'll just remind the listeners or let them know, as the case may be, that the uh, the Fort Marcy that we just discussed kicks off a mandatory payout in the Empire Six, the 20-cent pick six wager, where uh, people tend to lose their money leading up to the mandatory payout day, and then Saturday is a mandatory force out. So the force Mar- Fort Marcy is the first of the six races in the sequence. So all I love the more it. fitting that that we're discussing these races. Very appropriate that we're discussing the Westchester, as I am speaking to you tonight from Westchester County in New York. I love Um, it. uh, Unfortunately, one of the original uh, epicenters of the uh, COVID virus, but uh, thank goodness (laughs) things have quieted down uh, quite a bit here. Uh, We sort of caught the front end of it, and things are 
in a much better state here. I, I hope that's the case uh, nationwide as well. Um, code of Honor, uh, sorry to have digressed there, John. Code of Honor, uh, absolutely the horse to beat on paper. Um, he's also, you know, people may have uh, may think of him as the Travers winner, the Jockey Club Gold Cup winner via DQ, you know, long distance. The horse is very good around one turn, too. He was uh, very strong in the Champagne running second, um, had a real nice win in the Dwyer. So one turn is not going to be the issue with this horse, I don't think, if anybody's concerned about that. I'm when hearing would, a button your, in your voice, Eric. Uh, you, you have a very, uh, a very trained and educated ear, John. <laughs> uh, my concern about this horse is that as the Travers and Jockey Club Gold Cup winner, I'm hard-pressed to think that this is a major objective for Shug McGahee with this horse, the one-mile and one-sixteenth grade three Westchester handicap. Um, I'm looking for somebody who's going to be maybe a little uh, a little more forwardly pointed to this race, and my eyes shift um, back to Chad Brown, who, who doesn't have four in this race. I think he only has uh, a mere two. Uh, uh, very, right. very poor showing by Brown to only have two <laughs> in this race. But um, I'm looking at number four, Payne, who in a race without a whole lot of speed, um, seems like he's going to dictate things under Kendrick Carmouche. He's won his last three in a row. The last one he lost was to Performer on Travers Day at the Spa in, in an allowance. And Performer is going to be one of the favorites in the Carter Handicap, which we're going to be discussing in, in just a few minutes. Um, ever since that loss to Performer, who's gone on to do good things, Payne has just reeled off one race better than the next. Um, he's fast. He's speedy. Um, I, I think Payne would even be a strong contender in the Carter, but they, they put him in the Westchester. I'm very happy at eight to one morning line odds to um, have Payne roll to the top of the stretch with a two or three three length lead, and and we'll see if uh, Code of Honor can run him down. But at the odds discrepancy, I want my money on Payne. I love it. Well, fingers crossed. I, 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 I lo- love your attitude. Uh, and yeah, and, and the fact that somebody might be pointing to another race and using, a, you know, a graded stakes race to warm up to it is a well taken, especially with a trainer like Shug McGahee. All right. We're going. We got four minutes uh, on the grass. Unique distance. Seven furlongs. Obviously, one turn there at Belmont. And uh, again, can't find a standout. There was a horse I loved. I got to win it, watch uh, her win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Uh, but that was two years ago at Churchill Downs and has been lightly raced ever since. Uh, newspaper of record, the Irish bred. Uh, I think significant form is getting a bit of a nod from the nod from the odds makers. Let's see who trains this horse. Oh, a guy by the name of Chad Brown. Yeah, he also trains three others in the race, in case you were wondering. So back <laughs> I didn't want to nice read them all. I'm running out of time. Nice to see Chad with some action in here. You know, he only had the two in the previous race, but he's back to four <laughs> in this one. Um, John, I feel less strongly about this race than any of the four we'll be discussing. I do think Newspaper of Record is the most likely winner. 
uh, despite the fact Ed McNamara had a funny line on the Internet. He said, newspaper of record last year was fake news because um, he was <laughs> 0 for 3 and disappointed at every turn. But um, Brown told Naira, the Naira press office that he's training great, and, and I've watched his works. He's been training with Rushing Falls. Rushing Fall, who was super yesterday, winning the Bogey and is a multiple grade one winner. He said he's only going to stretch her up to a mile. Well, to me, that means that seven furlongs on Saturday is going should, in theory, hit this horse right between the eye. This race, the Intercontinental, by the way, means a lot to Brown because Intercontinental was Bobby, one of Bobby Frankel's favorite horses, and while Brown was working for Frankel, so he's not going to. I don't think he's going to run a horse in here and get embarrassed. The other horse I'll mention is another um, Chad Brown, Regal Glory, who's been working in tandem for the last three works with Viadera, uh, a Euro import on the rail in this race. And I, I may have, I, I may be seeing things, but it looked to me like um, it looked to me like Regal Glory was being strangled in order to be able to, to stay alongside uh, Viadera without going by her. So I do think Regal Glory is coming to this race with a lot of octane, but I do think this race is meant for newspaper of record, at least in Chad Brown's mind, and I would play Regal Glory for second. And if those two aren't up there, I have no idea who, who will be. <laughs> well, our handicappers will do that. Two minutes to post, my brother, and we're going to the, if you don't have a pair of shoes named Run Happy, you're not buying the right shoes. Run Happy, Carter Handicap. The words I have at the top of this are wide open. It's a great race. It's 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 uh, the toughest, maybe, uh, on paper anyway. Performer will probably be the favorite, I, who I mentioned vis-a-vis Payne earlier. The horse I, I, I like, again, Chad Brown, network effect, number five, eight-to-one morning line odds. Had absolutely no business winning that race last time at Gulfstream. The big drama was up, back, shuffled, and then, like, with one crack of the whip, fired through a hole. Um, I think seven furlongs is this, is this Colts game, and he's going to get a chance to show it uh, with a little four-pound uh, drop in the impost on uh, Saturday. I'll mention a bomb for second, and that's number nine, Majestic Dunhill. It's like when you're in the middle lane of, a, of, a, of an interstate and the car in front of you is going too slow, and then so you move out to the left lane, and then the car in front of you there decides to go too slow, so you get back in the middle lane, same deal. You go to the right lane, same deal. That was his trip last time out at Gulfstream. He's Eric, better I've than that race you. looked. I've got to stop your traffic report because we are running out of time. But I thank you so much. Horsetourneys.com. Check it out. If you want some action at every level, Eric will walk you through it. I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate uh, Rich Eng and, of, of course, Eric Wing. Come back next week. We're at Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.